Touch them all, Joe. <laughs> Andy Crosby, the golden goal. Welcome back to the Backstage Project Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Silver. Today, we're talking to Kevin Porter, and we're going to discuss his new show, Relentless. So, Kevin, I'm going to start by saying, how are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Well, we'll get into my my ailments later. I think you're going to give me a lot of inspiration um, because I'm a little (laughs) later in my 40s than I think you are, and, and I need all the inspiration I can get to keep going. Well, let's do it. Yeah, please. Yeah, so I'm... uh it's 10 o'clock. I'm just leaving the rink. I uh, was up at 5.30 this morning, and I usually skate at 8.15 uh, mornings during the week at the Ford Performance Center. So uh, we had a practice this morning, 8.15 to 9.15, and uh, quick shower, quick bite to eat, and I jumped on here with you guys, and uh, I'm just heading uh, up to Milton for a dentist appointment. But, uh, yeah, that's usually how I start the day when I'm training, up, uh, up early and uh, get in and get her done. No, you know, that's, it's terrific to have that routine and especially, especially through COVID and being able to get back to what is hopefully more of a normal routine. It just makes, it makes, yeah. it makes life easier. You can focus so much more. At least that's what my experience. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, COVID was, uh, I mean, who would have thought, right. I mean, I've, I've had this conversation many times now and who would have thought we went, you know, everybody went through all the things that everyone experienced. And when it happened, I, uh, I kind of sat down and, look really hard in the mirror and I'm like, okay, you can, two things can happen right now. You can absolutely, you know, roll over and die, or you can dig in and find a way to get the job done. And yeah, you know, I'd progressed so much, uh, in the sport, my own development and with regards to hockey, and there was no way I was going to let, you know, a little, a little pandemic, uh, stand in the way of that. So we just took measures to make sure that wasn't going to happen. And, uh, I'm pretty happy with the outcome so far. So. Well, let, let's just help the audience out a little bit, and, and and I'm happy for you to be brief here. So, what exactly is the goal that you're chasing? Well, the goal is obviously to play at the highest level that I can, right? So, whether that's I go back to the Federal Hockey League, whether that's just Southern Pro, whether it's a trial with the East Coast or the American Hockey League, I don't know yet, but the goal is always to progress to the highest level, and you know, I'll stop short of of nothing to do it. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I am. I don't really have a plan B. It's just to play at the highest level and, uh, and to be able to perform and contribute to a team and have some fun. So I always, I always have fun when I train. I think it's the best way to progress and evolve. And, and um, one of the best ways to adapt, evolve and overcome during the pandemic has been to just have fun with it and try training different ways. And, uh, you know, and, um, with all the, the closures of the gyms and the rinks and everything you had to deal with, you had to get really, uh, really creative with the training. And, uh, you know, when this, when this all started in, in 2020 in March, I thought, well, what, how can I replicate my on ice workouts um, without ice? And, you know, in, in, in March, obviously you're not going to be out rollerblading. So I, I purchased a Schwinn Airdyne bike <clears throat> and I would dress up in my hockey gear and play heavy metal and do wind sprints on the bike in my hockey gear, just to simulate moving in the gear. And um, people might've thought I was a lunatic, but I was moving in my hockey gear, which was 
what everybody wanted to be doing when the ice rinks closed down in March. You just want to be out playing the game you love. We all love. And uh, that was one of the closest ways that I could kind of emulate playing. And uh, that's what I did. So is that Black Sabbath? Is that Metallica? Who is it? Whatever, man. Metallica, <laughs> Slayer, uh, Hatebreed, you know, all kinds of good stuff. Tragically Hap, you know, whatever whatever rocks your soul, right, and pushes you. So Foo Fighters, you know, I would just get on the thing and I would just do sprints. And, I mean, it, it was extremely painful when I started to do it. But the thought of me losing all my, my endurance, my stamina, my skill – that was more painful to me that the, the thought process of, of maybe losing that. Cause we didn't really have a timeline. <laughs> Obviously we still don't right? with regards to when this is all going to end. So I, I just felt compelled. I needed to do something and, uh, and, and have some fun with it. And uh, yeah, and that's kind of how we started out in March training. Well, to think about some of the leagues that you mentioned there, like, like the ECHL, for example, I, I've been to a couple games here in the Toronto area and, uh, so your training is much more than stamina. You, you, you must be physically strong, at least uh, upper body to withstand what, what, what I see happens in the ECHL. Yeah, I mean, it, it's at any level of hockey now. I mean, hockey is, is a fast sport now. Everybody can skate. Um, guys are big, strong, and tough. And, uh, you know, I, I try to look at it. I mean, the skating is is one of my strong suits and, and – Physically, I'm a strong guy. I, I guess you could say I have the old man strength now of being a 46-year-old uh, senior citizen of, of hockey. So, you know, I just, I, like I said, I just have fun with it. And, and I try to be overall the best conditioned athlete I can. And, um, you know, a shift is only 40 seconds. So, I mean, to me, like, it's like, how hard is that? My mindset is, well, it's only 40 seconds. Like, your shift, you should be out there killing it. And then you get off and, and let your line mates your other teammates get out there and have a crack. And if everyone does their job for 45 seconds to a minute, you know, you're going to have a successful outcome, I think. So I, I try to look at it that way. I play one shift by shift. When I train, it's one rep by rep, uh, one round by round, you know, when I'm at the Muay Thai boxing club and, and really just break it down to its simplest form. And then, you know, um, over the days, weeks, months, you just improve. So, you know, just keep it simple. Well, you know, Kevin, you, you you have an open invitation for my Thursday night hockey skate because uh, you know we played we played just last week, and and typically we have you know five subs aside, and we had we had six because of COVID. You know, the the guys aren't traveling as much, not as much kind of family stuff with the kids at night, so they're coming to hockey. Yep. And we've had the same number of guys on the roster for twenty <laughs> years. I'm not about to cut a few guys just because there's an extra sub on the bench, but but very quickly I had to send out the survey saying. You know, is it first come first serve? Are we implementing uh, some kind of fine system if you kind of don't show up but you've held a spot? So just to hear you talk about forty five seconds is is pretty inspiring. So I'm probably at this point maybe just a year or so older than you, and I've never imagined playing any sport really at the pro level. Maybe since I was like fifteen years old, I was a big strong uh, pitcher in high school, and that that was that was my dream. But, you know, I marvel at, you know, the superhuman athletes like Gilzinan and Achara, obviously the GOAT, you know, Tom Brady. So yep. who's your role model to give you the confidence that your dream is possible? You know what? I mean, I, honestly, I, I, I've i got various, you know, role models. Like, you know, growing up as a kid, I think when I was young, 
you know, Terry Fox. That's a good one. You know, I mean, come on, like who does that? Right. Like that guy's an absolute machine. And, you know, Terry Fox was a big one when I was a kid, you know, and then, you know, you get into hockey. I mean, I was really young when Terry passed, but Mark Messier, I, I think just his leadership his uh, like, he was just dangerous to look at. Like, I, like I was just like, I loved him so much as a kid, but I thought, God, if I ever had to play against that guy, like that guy's, he's a tank, right? He just, and, and his, his attitude towards the game, his spirit, I, I really loved Mark Messier. So, you know, I was born number 11 when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, so I, I'd say Mark was my, was my hockey guy growing up and, and, uh, and Rod Brindamore. So Mark and Rod Brindamore. And I, I don't think Rod's that much older than me, but Rod the Bod, I mean, incredible. incredible. Yeah, eventually as we get old, everyone is, seems to be around our age. What, what, what was, what seemed like an eternity of five or six years difference when we were kids, all of a sudden it's like, wait a second. I'm almost that old. I totally get well, it. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I look at guys I used to watch, like, you know, like Brendan Shanahan and, and just real tough, hard nosed players. They, they, they did everything. They fought the, you know, they played in the power play. They were grinders and just, I really respect, I think that side of the game, right. Justin Williams, like these types of players, there's so many, there's almost too many to really, um, too many to really name, but I think I would just pick little pieces of their game and try to just, you know, do what those guys would do. And then you also form, you, you have to have a calling card as a player. Like what are your strengths? Like people need to know who you are when you're out there. So, you know, for me, it's, it's speed and tenacity and forechecking and being a pest and going to the net. And, you know, I like to keep the game pretty simple. So so you are totally coming to my Thursday night skate, but but, maybe not, <laughs> but but don't worry, I won't want to interrupt your training routine. All right, so let's let's switch gears a little bit. You've now established your credibility in the hockey world, which is awesome. So, what's it like to be the star of your own reality show? I don't, you know, I I don't think too much of it. It was funny when Ryan approached me about it in Hollywood Suites. Um, I I was fortunate to be on the cover of the Toronto Sun. <laughs> he read the story and. Uh, I got a message over LinkedIn and we, we, we met in Toronto on Bloor street um, at a cafe for lunch and, and discussed uh, the possibility of doing this. And I, my main concern, and, I, and like I said, um, I'll reiterate what I've said to some other people this week is it, I did not want it to get in the way of my training. And, you know, I was a little concerned. I, I didn't want people to think that I was doing a documentary for hockey. It was like, no, they're following me because I'm doing hockey. This isn't all made up for a documentary. They're coming out to follow what I've already been doing. I had already been to Sweden to play um, in a semi-pro league for a year, um, well, five months. And, uh, you know, I was kind of well on my way. I knew what I wanted. I was trying to become established and, and get some tryouts and, and, you know, get a sniff of something and, and just have fun and work hard at it and, I said, yeah, okay, it's cool. If you guys want to come out and, and, and document this and, and let's have some fun with it. And uh, we decided to go ahead with it. And it was a lot of, it was a good time. So thinking back on your journey almost a couple of years ago now, just, just pre COVID, you know, when, uh, when the, you know, the third string in the stands uh, backup goalie, you know, uh, David Aries comes on the ice and gets that win for the Canes against the Leafs. Um, well, first I'll start with what, 
How did you take in that moment? I'm trying to think where I was, but I had seen David around at the, cause you know, when he was the, with, with the Leafs and the Marlies as a backup, I'm not sure what's going on now uh, with COVID and stuff, but I recognized the mask right away and I recognized the way he walked and I saw this goalie coming down the tunnel. I was like, Oh my goodness, that's Dave. Right. I think I met him once at the rink. I think I said hi to him. Um, but I was like, wow, he, Oh my goodness. He's actually going in. I'm like, this is cool. And, but I, I was a little bit scared for him. Cause I was like, Oh my God, the guys know where to shoot on him and they're going to light him up because <laughs> you know, when you shoot on your practice goalies, when you shoot on your own goaltenders, you know, like, you know, okay, he's a little tight here. I can shoot on him here, ear hole. You know where to shoot on him. So I actually thought, and this is no disrespect to any of the guys playing, I, I, I thought, oh, my God, like he's going to get just shellacked. And it was quite uh, it was quite a, a rest of the game for everybody. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure there was, uh, it was excitement for some and not for some others, but that just goes to show you, right, that, you know, in sport, I guess anything can happen. Anything can happen, right? So you just don't quit. You keep chipping away and, uh, and good things happen. So, Well, it was, a, it was an amazing moment, and we'll, I want to dig into some of the aftermath of it. But before I do, I have to make mention, you know, my, my son, who's, I guess he's 11 now. He, he's a goalie. He's a goalie. So maybe uh, I'll, I'll get him on the, on the fourth string roster someday to maybe be able to get in there. Because for now – for now, we've decided that that playing hockey is more of an activity, uh, and not uh, and being in the NHL is something, you know. Until he sees your show, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to tell him that's a reality because we're still going to wait and see, you know, how you how your journey goes. Yeah, for sure. But thinking about thinking about you know the 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 media circus almost that David experienced right after that, maybe compare it to what you're going through kind of now as your story, you know, it's out there from the newspaper. Now it's out there on, you know, distribution uh, through kind of TV platform. You know, what, how's, how much is this taken away from your training and, and, a, and a distraction and, uh, and are you enjoying it? Is it, what are you learning along the way? <clears throat> well, it, it actually, it hasn't taken away from my training at all. If, if it's done anything, it's, it's probably helped me ramp it up another notch. Um, you know, I just, I, I get so much enjoyment out of doing it. And I'm able to focus. And I, I think this comes through, you know, things I experienced as a child and, and also my work in emergency services, working as a firefighter and a paramedic. I, I have to be hyper-focused when I'm at work. And when I have a task to focus on, I can't be worried about outside noise. So when I go to the rink or I go to the gym or I go to the Muay Thai club or whatever I'm training, I can focus 100% I don't really care who's watching. I, I block out all outside noise. You know, like, for example, I, I get to the rink at uh, 7 in the morning. My skates are 8.15. Uh, I get there right after work or, you know, today I'm off. I'm on holidays, so I got to the rink at 7. You know, I go in. I get my headphones on. I stretch. I get my coffee, my biosteel. I warm up. I've got a, a routine I do. Um, hockey guys and girls are pretty uh, religious with their routines and, and, and that sort of thing. So, like I'm a hundred percent focused and it doesn't take away. It doesn't take away from what I'm trying to do. You know, practice is one hour. A game is one hour. So if you can't focus on an hour practice or an hour game, I mean, how do you expect to get better? Right. Or an hour of training in any, any sport. I don't care if you're golfing, badminton, I don't care if it's horseshoes, 
you got to be able to focus on what you're doing. So everything's blocked out. The goal doesn't change because of the documentary. I mean, I wouldn't care if there's 10 documentaries about me. The goal, the objective is still to play pro hockey at the highest level that I can. So irregardless of what noise is out there, that, that's, that's still the end goal. So, so Kevin, I'm, I'm glad you said focus. And, and when, when you said that, I was, I was thinking about Earl Woods, um, you know, Tiger Woods' dad, and there's been some documentaries that are out there around the focus um, that, that he just, you know, instilled in Tiger from a, from a very young age. So wh- where, where did you get that focus from, both in your, in your kind of professional you know, career as well as your, your hockey career and, and, and the way that you approach uh, the game? I, I mean, I, I've done a lot of different sports. You know, I, I competed in bodybuilding for 10 years. I was a firefighter combat challenge competitor for 10 years, you know, playing hockey growing up. And then, you know, as I morphed into my careers, like in firefighting paramedicine, you know, you have to be ultra focused on the task at hand. And I just, it just carries over and you, you just create good habits. You just create, you get just get in a zone, right? Like, and you break down a drill. So, you know, we're doing some drills today and, you know, one of the kids that was out with me today, I was showing him how to pick up a pass off the backhand while, like, he's a lefty, so we're picking up the puck on our backhand while pivoting, right? So just showing the kid how to break it down, how to focus. So focus, like, break down the task. You know, just like in a shift, you're going in on a two-on-one. The guy passes you the puck. You got to settle it down. You got to think quick. You're going to shoot, pass back, deke. It's just a breaking things down in simplest form and, and, and being able to hyper-focus on what you're doing. And, uh, you know, my wife says I have a bad memory sometimes. So I, I think in hockey, you know, if you have a, a crappy shift or you, have, you make a mistake in practice, you just have to be able to forget about it real quickly, put it behind you and carry on, right? So that's that's what I've been able to do. And then that's how I've been able to, like, focus and evolve and, and, and become a better athlete, so a better player. Well, thinking about your career – you know, being a first line worker there. Thank you for that. The, um, you know, you certainly have to have that ability beyond being relentless. You have to have that resiliency and you, you, you certainly have that. We have a few questions that we'd like to ask everyone who comes on, on the backstage project podcast. And so I think my first question, I'll, I'll just, I'll ask you, you know, what's, what's kind of the most, uh, memorable uh, moment that, that you've kind of had, I'm going to say in your career, it doesn't have to be your hockey career. It could just, it could be your you know, the professional career that you're so passionate about all these years. Just what, what moment is that? That's probably one of the toughest questions I've ever been asked. There, there's too many to, there, there's pro- probably, you know what? I mean, to be honest with you, even before I started working was just, just obtaining my MCOT to work in the province of Ontario as a paramedic. You know, because I, when my mom died when I was young, my Nana and my mom passed away when I was 16. And then, you know, all, all the stuff that happened with hockey and I had an injury, my hand broken. <clears throat> you know, I dropped out of high school. So, and I was really lost as to what I wanted to do, you know, as a, as a teenager. And you've got all this anger going through you because of the loss of a parent. And my parents were separated when I was growing up. So now I had to move in with dad and stepmom and stepbrother and, you know, crowded house and, you know, I had to get a job because now there were so many kids in a house that I needed, you know, the extra money to do things growing up and started working. And I think one of my, my fondest memories was probably when I found out that I passed my, uh, my MCA, um, when I passed my paramedic exam, because I knew that would open doors, you know, to work as a paramedic, 
um, I knew would open doors to, you know, get in on the fire department one day. And I, and I, that was probably one of my happiest moments. And then obviously, um, you know, getting employment with my paramedic services in Peel and York and then getting hired on the fire department. I mean, I was, I mean, there was no better feeling, you know, there, there's kind of one more feeling, you know, two more feelings in the world that I would crave once having a, my own child. And, and, and there's one more that I'll, I'll keep to myself for now, but to me, it's the ultimate goal in hockey. And I, I just, that's, those are some of the things that come to mind um, as far as my career high points. No, those are, those are great ones. We have a close friend of ours, also a great hockey player uh, who became a firefighter into his forties. It's, I always marvel at it and his physical conditioning and what he has to do day in, day out. So, I mean, I get it. He was just over here for dinner the other night. And the other thing, and I'm going to hold back the tears because he almost had me there. You know, I think about Field of Dreams. That that movie has kind of resurfaced in the last little while because Major League Baseball had their Field of Dreams game recently. Right, it's incredible. And, you know, and there's that character, the the, the Doc Graham, if you remember, that yeah. uh, the kid who you know doesn't make it to the show. He gets his like one at bat, um, but if he wouldn't have been a doctor, you know, then that that would have been a tragedy. Yeah. So, anyway, that movie gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> So our, our last question for you, and this is really for, for our, our younger listeners or people who are just looking for inspiration, and you are Mr. Inspiration, by the way. Um, you know, what, what advice do you have uh, for people to kind of chase their dreams? And I mean, maybe, maybe we'll target it more toward kind of younger people, like uh, people coming out of school, about to start a career. I mean, I think you obviously you have to be passionate about what you're doing or else you're just going to go through the motions, you know, and money's nice, but it's not the be all and end all. I mean, you can work a career and make, you know, decent money, but you can do other things to invest um, and become wealthy. I've, I mean, pers- I know this isn't uh, a wealth building show, but I, I mean, personally, I mean, I've invested heavily in real estate and, the dividends are good, you know, but if you wanted to just be in real estate, you come out and of school and become a realtor. You want to become a school teacher. You go, you know, you take the appropriate steps. So, you know, there's a lot of, I guess at the end of the day, you have to be happy with what you're doing and you have to lay out uh, a game plan, a master plan, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he would talk a lot about a master plan, you know, create a vision board for yourself, like cut out pictures, put them on a piece of uh, Bristol board and, you know, hang it up in your room on your door, you know, put little sticky notes in your car. Like, what do you want to accomplish today? Write them in your phone. If I guess everybody puts things in their phones nowadays, Um, you know, music, like to me, music is very inspirational and and listening to lyrics and and helps me focus on things. And yeah, I just, uh, you know, find a mentor. Like what, like, what are you passionate about? Fine. You know, I, I've been very fortunate to have several um, and I'm sure there'll be more as the years go on and progress, but I think just finding something you're passionate in that you really like, and then just being diligent, working at it every day and uh, you know, t- tuning out the outside noise. I mean, I've had a lot of people obviously um, supportive, but you're also going to get people that are not going to be supportive. They try to bring you down. So, you know, those people, you just cast them to the side and ignore them and 
and carry on. Well, it comes back to focus, you know, what, what you've been saying. Kevin, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you and, and talking with you today. Don't worry, I'm not going to rush you out to our Chesswood Thursday night skate just yet. I I just am at the beginning of recovering from a partial calf tear, so I have. Oh I, man! I, I wish you much more luck than I than I have had, and you're probably in way better shape anyway. So I have no doubt that you are a physical specimen that are you know you're you're gonna you're gonna be chasing those dreams. Since you brought that up, I mean, touching on the physical side of this and, and competing into your 30s and 40s, I mean, it's. Listen, I'm going to say it's paramount. You, you got to treat your body like a helicopter, you know, an hour on the ice or in the gym, two hours on the table. You have to make sure your body is primed, right? And I go to physio, Cairo, and massage every single week. And I don't go to physio because I'm broken. I go to physio to stay unbroken, right? So that I'm absolutely primed to do what I want to do when I get out there. So like I tell guys, I see if you have benefits, use them, right? Instead of going out for that extra dinner per month, you know, go pay for a massage, go pay for physio, go to Cairo, go see, um, go see an osteopath, right? Like take care of your body. It, you know, guys get back into hockey and they go, Oh my God, I was so tired. My low back stiff, this and that go get treated. You know, don't just think you can run into a game or a practice and perform because you're not going to be able to perform. And then it's not as much fun when it's not as much fun. You can't progress. So, you know, take care of the body, treat it like a Ferrari and, uh, you know, and, and, and you can keep going at whatever sport you do, you know, you can just keep progressing and have some fun. So. Thank you so much for joining us. Safe drive. Good luck at the dentist. Good times. And um, I hope to, I hope to meet you in person someday. Absolutely. But hopefully I'm watching from the stands. I hope so too. Well, you guys have a nice weekend. Thank you so much for having me on and uh, we'll talk soon. The Backstage Project Podcast is brought to you by Ready, Set, Go. They help organizations create extraordinary digital products. To learn more, go to readysetgo.design. If you would like to get in touch with Mark and the team at the Backstage Project Podcast, please email us at info at tpbpodcast.com.